0: As we leave 2020 behind, few of us can doubt that we're living in historic times. I don't know if you're, uh, sorry, I just need to get the slide changer. If you're familiar with the uh, comedy Only Fools and Horses, it's a sitcom in the UK, but if you are, you'll know Uncle Albert on the left hand side. He's the old guy, he sits in the corner, and his signature line is joined the war. So whatever they're talking about, he'll just say, join the war and come up with some old memory, and he'll be told to to pipe down by Delboy and Rodney. Well, I wonder if we will end up in our old age, harking back to these times and saying, join the virus, only to be told by perhaps our grandkids, oh, granddad, you tell us that story every week. I don't know. But few of us can doubt that we are living in historic times, that times which will be written about and spoken about for many years, times on which exam questions will be set, stories that will be told for a long time. And the changes in the last year, by any standards, have been breathtaking, haven't they? We've had to adapt to new ways of living and new ways of being church and at breathtaking speed. The four walls of our church have been replaced by the four edges of a screen, And for many of us, that's been a difficult transition. Well, 2021 will also be a year like no other. 2021, once we have recovered, and we will recover, 2021 will be about picking up the pieces. It'll be about recovering the activities and communities that we had before, but not necessarily in all the same ways. Not necessarily all the same things. We will recover during the first half of 2021, but then what? We won't, we don't want to just snap back to what we were doing before, and I don't think we can. The world has changed. So what I want to look at this morning very briefly is, how can we think forward? I know we're in the pandemic right now, but during this year, how can we equip ourselves for, for when we're out of this? There are some changes that we'll have to adjust to, and some changes we'll have to resist. That have happened over the last year. I want to summarize a couple of those today. One or two things, first of all, that we need to guard against, and then one or two exciting things that God is doing during COVID. So, first of all, a couple of things that we need to guard against, and first of all, rising consumerism. Rising consumerism. Because church for many has become a spectator sport, 100% passive, and that needs to change. Churches eventually will return to physical congregations with, with conversation, with tea and coffee, with no masks, with singing. We will get back to that. But one question that's worth asking is, who's coming back to church? Who's coming back to church? Now you might say to me, well that's a dumb question. Surely everybody wants to come back to church, right? Well, I think everybody is keen to get back, but for how long? You see, with COVID, online church has introduced us to to new consumer-oriented ways of church that we didn't have before. So our new normal is uh, staying home to watch the church, to watch church at a time I choose, in my pajamas, in my comfy shoes, nipping out to get coffee at a time that I choose, uh, heaven forward, fast forwarding over the boring bits. Uh, Heaven twice forbid, switching the channel because, well, our church isn't very good this week on YouTube. These are all new consumer-oriented temptations that we never had before and that we will have once this pandemic is over. Hey, with church on the telly, you don't even have to look like you're paying attention. Like these few, few folks on the front row and speaking particularly to you if you're on your smartphone right now. The positive side of online church is huge, as Simon's already prayed about it. Online church is a huge enabler, a huge blessing if you're housebound or remote or not able to return to church when we can do. But for most of us, the passive weekly experience of just turning up, watching the show and leaving just became even more passive. You see, consumerism is rife in our churches anyway, even before COVID. Consumerism isn't just when I go to the Trafford Centre, when I could be doing something else. Consumerism is when I say, I want what I want in the way I want, at the time I want. I will pick and choose. And if you can't offer it, well, I'll go to another church. That's consumerism. And it is in the church. And COVID is exacerbating that. In any church, we've always found, haven't we, that it's 20% of people do 80% of the work. Another aspect of consumerism, passive church. Consumer COVID is, is introducing us to a whole new level of consumerism, and we need to be aware of it. So what can you give to your church? Well, here's a small but significant thing for later in 2021 when we're through this. Once it's safe and we're out of the storm, show up when you feel like staying at home. And keep showing up. See, being here to encourage each other with a smile, a a nod, a word of conversation, or just by your presence, is also a form of giving. So that's one thing, rising consumerism. The second thing to guard against, I've called rising impatience. Rising impatience. Be slow to take offense, especially online, whether you're at work or at church. You see, so much of what we used to say in person is now done by hitting send, isn't it? So much of what we used to say in person is now done on a Zoom call. So much of what we used to say in person is done in an email thread. Life has gone online and 10 times the speed in the last year. COVID has accelerated what was happening anyway. But online, remember, we only ever see a slice of the other person. We only ever see a limited view of the other person. Whenever we go online, we leave part of our humanity behind. And it's easy to jump to conclusions about other people's motivations and agendas. Well, here's a truth to think about. Whatever it is you're discussing online, whether it's to do with work or church... Colleagues or church friends, remember this. God is as interested in how you stand as he is in where you stand. God is as interested in how you stand as he is in where you stand. What does that mean? Well, here's an example. Just think it might be, you might be having a work discussion perhaps of how to grow your, com- your company's presence in a new area. Or it might be a church matter. How to manage building works, or uh, how to how discussion on a, a, a biblical doctrine that's really important to you. Well, where you stand, what you think, and how well you can uh, articulate your view. How what about your knowledge? That says something about your knowledge, your experience, doesn't it? But how you stand, how good you are at listening, how willing you are to give up an entrenched view. That says more. That says something about you as a person. In fact, I would go further and say most often in this life, God is more interested in how we stand than where we stand. See, at the end of the day, God isn't that interested in your knowledge and your experience and your competence. That's all fine, but God isn't interested in that, where you stand. He's interested in your heart. He's interested in how you stand. So here's one suggestion. Before jumping in, and I apply this to myself very much so, before jumping in to that email thread or that Zoom call where you want to interrupt someone, here's one thing to think about, one question. Ask yourself before you jump in, what does the fruit of the Spirit look like online? What does that mean? Because that must apply online, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control. That must apply. What does that look like? Okay, so that's two things to guard against. Very briefly, rising consumerism, rising impatience. But now I want to switch to look uh, for something to look forward to, because this increasingly online world has brought many positives. So here's something to look forward to that I think has been given a, a good kick by COVID, which is rising hope in our world. You see, God's Holy Spirit during this last year, has been at work in more ways than we could see or even imagine. There's been positive changes during 2000. We've heard this morning uh, of some of the good news stories. But the church also, I've mentioned it before, has, has advanced technologically probably 10 years in 10 months. There are, I've read recently there are three times the number of people on Alpha courses in 2020 uh, the Bible Study Fellowship, which I know many of you are, are, are involved in, the Bible Study Fellowship has reported a 10 times increase in downloads of their Bible Study app during 2020. While Version for Kids has seen 14 million downloads, a new record in 2020. And early on in the pandemic, you remember we saw figures about increasing numbers of people on, at online services, people attending worship services that they'd never done before. Now, the figures were great. Some of that, some of that was hype. Some of it was church tourism. So Christians who normally attend a service, attending two, three, or four, because, you know, we're interested and we're nosy people, right? We like to see what everybody else is doing. But some of it was real. Some of it was real. There has been uh, a rise in church attendance if you take face-to-face and online together during 2020. More interestingly, it's actually something of a shake-up. Christians who were used to, who were used to attending fa- face-to-face, some of those, have not engaged in online, while other people who've never been to church have engaged online. There's this shake-up that's going on in this time. I attend a, a conference every year, uh, not surprisingly online this year, uh, on digital theology. Or, or what, is, what, is, what does theology mean when it's online? And uh, here's one wonderful, yet very cons- quite concerning story from that conference. At the conference, there was a headline. And the headline said, A robot has led hundreds of people to Christ. A robot has led hundreds of people to Christ. So what these people did, these Christian research researchers, they built a chatbot. Now a chatbot is the sort of thing you find often online. You'd be browsing a website and something will pop up and say, hey, I'm uh, Kelly, your online assistant, or I'm Peter, your online assistant. Can I help you? And more often than not, it's a chatbot program with lots of answers to questions that you might ask. Well, these guys built a chatbot a chatbot an automated assistant and they called it who is jesus and it was programmed with the questions that people ask about christianity such as um, is buddhism the same as christianity why aren't all religions the same why do so many bad things happen if there's a god these are the questions that are commonly asked And they put thousands of questions into this chatbot, all caveated and nuanced, depending on how people were asking, in what way they were asking, what they'd just asked before, which perhaps page, website they'd come from. They put all that online. And then they put targeted ads on Facebook. And the targeted ads were were ads like, for example, do you want to talk about spirituality? What do you think of spirituality? Would you like to have a conversation about God? And people who clicked on the ads were put through to the Who is Jesus chatbot. And in 12 months, there were 2,500 meaningful conversations. And 150 people came to know Christ. And, this is the important bit, they were connected to a local church. Now, you might find that instinctively uncomfortable, even perhaps distasteful. How can a machine convey something as dear to us as the gospel right but artificial intelligence is good at amassing thousands of answers to questions and giving just the right one depending on the context on the demographics on the place on the time on the website that's what that's what it's good at or as paul says in 1 corinthians 9 Paul says, I became all things to all people, so that by all means I might save some. He's talking about all the different, all the shape-shifting he's had to do. He says, to the Jew I became like a Jew. To those under the law I placed myself under the law, although I'm not under the law. To those outside the law I put myself outside the law. I became all things to all people, so that by all means I might save some. More generally, another speaker put it like this. Here's uh, three circles, and the one at the bottom left is our in-person congregation, the face-to-face congregation that we were used to. The one at the bottom right is our online congregation, all Christians, the green, the green bubbles. Uh, and there's a big overlap between in-person and online. A lot of the people who used to come in person are online, but not all. But there's a third circle at the top there which uh, the speaker called Curious Observers, people who we haven't seen before. Uh, we, don't know where they're coming. we don't know where they're coming from. We don't know what their questions are. They may or may not be believers. Some of you watching this right now might be Curious Observers. How can we help you? How can we help to get to know you? How can we help you on your way? These are questions for the church in 2021, questions for our church in 2021. Is it possible for us at Lynn Baptist Church to build a fellowship, some of which might always remain online? These are questions for 2021. Church is in a place that it's never been before. And there are questions to answer that we've never answered before. So to close out then, to finish, what does all this mean? I've given you two things to guard against, rising consumerism, rising impatience. And one thing we can have real hope in, rising hope, what God is doing in this time of pandemic what does it mean it means that God as always is able to bring good out of bad situations God doesn't make bad situations happen but he can bring good out of them it means we're in times of great change and God can work in greater ways when things are fluid when things are changing when his people are open to new ideas God can do greater things it means in 2021 We're now part of a worldwide communion of saints, which, yes, extends through time and eternity, but also the Internet. It means the church has changed. We're part of what people now call blended church or hybrid church, part of which is face-to-face, but part of which is online. And then lastly, just to end with, I, I, I talked earlier about caricatures. When we go online, we leave our humanity behind. Well, here's a real caricature of uh, the devil having a conversation with God. And this uh, caricatured devil says, hey, with COVID, I closed all your churches. And the caricatured God says, on the contrary, I just opened a church in every home. And so we see that church which began life 2,000 years ago in people's homes for now has moved back to people's homes. It's a new chapter, another chapter in a 2,000-year-old story, and it's ours in 2021 to look after. Let's pray. So let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let's consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let's not give up the habit of meeting together, online or offline, as some are doing. But instead, let's encourage one one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Amen.